Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today, we're talking about season four, episode 24, Cuffs and Links. Mary, what happened this week? Brenda calls Dylan to bail her out of jail, hoping she can keep her parents from finding out about her arrest. That doesn't work, though, because her bail has been set at $50,000. Kelly and Dylan show up just before Jim and Brandon leave for their father-son golf weekend with Steve and Steve's dad. Now Brandon doesn't get to drive a Bentley, and it's all Brenda's fault. Instead, Jim gets to quickly find a lawyer and get the family together to go to Brenda's arraignment. It's all kind of a disaster. The Backstreet Boy activist yells at Brenda, blaming her for getting them all in trouble. She pleads not guilty, but when her family tries to tell her what she did and those people did was wrong, she won't hear it. She's still firmly behind the cause. Jim is more disappointed in Brenda than we've ever seen, which says a lot. She says she's sorry, but also she's really tired, so if you could stop talking to her, please. Brenda goes to see Andrea to apologize for her role in the destruction of years of medical research, not to mention the traumatization of several innocent animals. Jesse interrupts them to tell them, tell her that talking about her crimes makes them accessories after the fact, not, you're stressing out my pregnant wife. Donna still supports Brenda, but agrees, maybe let's not talk about your crimes, you little criminal. Brenda also goes to see Dylan and Kelly to thank them for trying to bail her out of jail before they found out it was expensive. Kelly decides now is an appropriate time to have a jealous outburst over Brenda turning to Dylan every time she needs something. Kelly and Brenda break up again. Brenda gets home and finds out the FBI called and they want to talk to her. She sits in a room with her family and who should walk in but Backstreet Boy activist in a suit. Turns out he was an undercover FBI agent the whole time and if Brenda cooperates with the case against the real evil activists, the FBI will drop the charges against her. At the Peach Pit, Kelly tells Brenda she's sorry for what she said earlier. She's pretty sure that she and Dylan aren't going to last forever and she's more sure that Brenda was the one great love of Dylan's life or something. They're friends again. Andrea orders Brenda a veggie burger because they're still friends, and Brenda's still a vegetarian. Oh, also, the lab being broken into resulted in Donna and David getting a tiny new baby puppy named Rocky too. So, a very Brandon ending for a very Brenda situation. (laughs) Okay, but seriously, like, knowing this show... I spent this entire episode, they were like, she could go to jail. We don't know what's going to happen to her, blah, blah, blah. I was like, she's getting out of this in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Even if this is like the beginning of the end of Brenda and Shannon Doherty, it's still not going to end now and in jail. (laughs) Right. That being said, I did come up with two spinoff titles while they were like booking her. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the jokes we made last time, but I got Orange is the New Brenda, <laughs> and I got Maximum Security 125520 because that's the number that she held up during her mug shots. Nice. Yes. I love it. <laughs> You've sold me on both of them. I know, right? Yeah. It. You know, that opening scene I actually liked because we just got straight to like the point of the episode and it was like an immediate um, carryover from last episode. So I really appreciate it, but got to be honest, I was really surprised she wasn't crying. 
right? She handled that like just so calmly. She never cries in this entire episode. Mm -hmm. Like she's like Stone Cold Brenda. Jail hardened her. Oh my gosh. Nothing would have made me happier than like if she blossomed in her 12 hours in jail and came (laughs) out with like a stick and poke tattoo. Oh my gosh. If only. I mean, she gets her fingerprint taken, she gets her mug shot, she gets she has to give up all her personal effects. Like she's in a one of those like holding cells where everybody else is in it for the time being. She makes eye contact with someone and I I didn't recognize her at the time, but she was like one of the others that was part of the group. Yeah, I just, same. I just immediately thought Brenda never make eye contact with somebody else in jail. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, she owns you now." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like no, she handles this all like so smoothly because, yeah, like she's doing all this stuff. And then that guy who I called him so many different things in this entire episode, or yeah, I called him Backstreet Boy. I called him Jonathan because that's his actual name. And I called him Jump Street. <laughs> he so is all of those I get things. That all. So I just have to say, because I'll forget if I don't say it right now. Um, there was one part in the episode where he's like sitting in a car and they zoom in really close on his face and I was like, FP Jones? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why, but my brain was just like, that's FP. <laughs> I when they zoomed in on his face, I was convinced, like, and I think this was what was intended, that he was watching her to like make sure she didn't tell and was gonna like be you know real intimidating all over again Mm -hmm. and I actually do kind of wish it had gone like imagine if this show just spiraled into like a home invasion yeah like I was legit that this was a good twist because I was legit like oh my god Brenda's gonna die (laughs) like she's not gonna go to jail she's gonna die yeah, I mean, this whole episode is like doom and gloom for her. And then he just walks in and he's like, no, I was literally there. I know you got in at the very last minute and you tried to stop us, so I'm not mad at you. Bye. Right. Exactly. Which, I mean, you know, I think they did that on purpose to be like, she got in at the last minute. She didn't actually go in and like handle any of the animals. Like, she is innocent, so the viewer doesn't have to worry about it, but like. When he walked in as the FBI, I was like, yeah, she's getting off. Nothing bad's happening. It's fine. When he walked in and said he was like the FBI agent, I just wanted to be like, Macklin, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) My first thought was when she walked in last episode and he was like, are you police? If you're police, you have to tell me. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You're police. (laughs) Exactly. I can just imagine him, like, looking at her afterwards and be like, did you like the part when I asked if you were a cop? (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty good acting, wasn't it? Did I do good? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, that's basically all of Brenda's story, but I want to go back to the beginning and get a little more deeper into it. Yeah. No, I do, too, because, like, I had to – there was two things that, like, kind of shocked me in that first scene well besides her not crying but one was that her bail was 50 grand that was shocker numero uno and then I had to like rewind it a couple of times to make sure I got the charges right but it was for apparent burglary 
criminal trespass and destruction of property, which technically she did none of those things. She did do criminal trespass, but she was just an accessory for all the others, right? Like it was, it's not like she, she didn't go in their lab. She didn't do any of the destruction of property. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. I wonder if she will try to say like, I wasn't involved or I was just lookout. Like I was thinking instead of the way it went, which was Brenda just sticking to her guns and being like, yeah, no, this is what I believe in. So sure, I'll go to jail. But instead, I thought she was just gonna be like, well, no, I didn't do anything. It was all them. I wasn't part of it. I was just a lookout and I just got caught. I do think it was interesting though that throughout the whole episode, she does stick to her guns and she's like, I did this because of the ethical treatment of animals. And like every time she said ethical treatment of animals, I was like, oh, they're totally meaning this is PETA. Like, oh, yeah. They're not even trying to hide it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but like she does really like kind of stick to her guns through the entire episode. And then as soon as Jonathan comes in with the FBI, she's like, no, I'll do whatever. I'm fine. Let's do that. Let's throw these people in prison. <laughs> right. Right. As long as I don't get to go, I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, and it, it was just like, yeah, again, I, I think I was thrown off by just Stone Cold Brenda. And yeah, I was thrown off the whole episode, or at least for her storyline. I really was too, like, especially even that first scene. So after she gets booked and she's like made her phone call to Dylan. So I guess it's technically the second scene when Dylan and Kelly show up. Mm -hmm. Like, it just felt like so many things happened. Like he walked up, he like misgenders this woman and calls her a, a man. He's like, excuse me, sir. And then she stands up. She's like, ma'am. And then she says, sergeant. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't understand what any of this meant, but okay. <laughs> and then she reads, you know, Brenda's charges and says her bail is at 50000 And I legitimately expected Dylan to just pay it. Same here. Yep. Which – Okay, so if the FBI ends up dropping the charges, they get the bail money back, right? Uh, that I don't know. I mean, because I, I know think the idea so. isn't the idea of like a cash bail. You pay it, you get out of prison or jail or you know, holding whatever, and then when you show up for your court date, you get the money back. Because that's the whole idea of bail bondsmen's is they give you the money, they get the money back, mm. but they charge you interest on it, and that's how they make their money. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I just – I don't know why I got stuck on this, but, like, all I could think of was, like, I hope Jim got that money back. Yeah. I don't think he would, like – I don't think he would – pay it or like act like it was not I mean they did act like it was a big deal but like he still did it and it was fine or whatever I don't think he would have done that if he wasn't getting the money back I mean that's like more than their tuition for CU combined so yeah I mean later in the episode he says something like this is going to cost us a fortune mm -hmm. and I guess that's what made me think of it because when Dylan didn't pay it I was like Dylan has millions and he didn't pay it because it was so much money. And then he calls Jim, who now has to find the way to pay it. Mm -hmm. I like just thought about this, but I feel like Dylan couldn't get that much money from his trust without talking to Jim anyway. That's what I was That's thinking. That's a good point. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like the bank of like any other bank. It's like you have a certain 
now online transfer fee or like certain limit you can do and this is just the bank of gym so i would kind of have loved it if dylan drove kelly to the walsh house and asked jim hey i need fifty thousand dollars of my money and jim's like god why what do you need now he's just (laughs) like oh i have to get brenda out of jail (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i kind of would have loved if that had happened just given like kelly's jealous streak going on on top of all of that well that would have made it even more dramatic because like like at first she was just jealous that dylan is basically brenda's little savior but then he's gonna spend 50k on her like ooh, you won't back my teacher's documentary but you will bail your ex-girlfriend out of fbi jail exactly right gosh okay which one would you rather have though would you rather have a woman try and sleep with your boyfriend for his money and then he says they didn't sleep together but gives her the money anyway or his ex-girlfriend that you're jealous of and that you cheated on him with gets the money instead. I feel like I lost the sentence at the end. It just like ran away from me. It makes sense. How do I explain? I don't know what I choose. Right? That's a that's a hard one. I would pick getting my friend out of jail because she's yeah. my friend too. That's a good point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and that's, you know, part of Kelly's thing is she gets so mad at like that Brenda called Dylan to save her. But then she's like, well, I guess I'm just not used to bailing my friends out of jail in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I was like, but, but you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are going to do it. I mean, it was late when she had to, or when he had to pick her up from Stuart. Like, it, the time has never really been the thing. To be fair, she did call looking for Kelly. True. And I, well, I guess if I was Kelly, I'd be like, that's an excuse. Just because I live there too. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Never mind. <sighs> but anyway. Well, yeah, because I guess we kind of lump in Andrea in this same storyline because that's that's the next thing we see is Andrea is now back in the lab and she's talking to another person, I guess, who is in the lab too. And apparently there are 157 cats loose. I, I could not get over this. I was like, so they let them out of the cages and then, yeah, I guess they got arrested before they could open the door. But like, it's... <laughs> It's like what you said last week about herding cats. Like, what are you going to do with 157 cats? I just, I feel like this would be the perfect, um, the amazing race challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because I remember one time um, on Amazing Race Canada, they, like, the group went to um, Vietnam and they, like, had to put 20 ducks in a cage and, like, herd them. It was awesome. I mean, it was like not a cage. It was like a giant pen, but they had to put them in their own pen. And so I'm just thinking like if they could make a challenge on the Amazing Race, like a pit stop where they would have to herd 157 cats in a medical research lab. Oh, my gosh. This is totally not the show for this, but I really wish that like Andrea – was really good like Gabrielle was really good at physical comedy so like as a pregnant woman she could be like trying to herd cats down a hallway 
Can you like, imagine Melissa McCarthy doing that? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking like a Parks and Rec episode kind of a thing where they're just like, we have to get all of these cats. Yeah. Or like Chris Pratt, but like as Andy Dwyer doing it. And like he just has scratches from head to toe. <laughs> <laughs> but he just loves the cats. He can't stop. Right. I mean, yeah, because like it's not – comedy but you know they're talking about all the research being lost how they get have to get rid of all these animals and then this tiny little super fluffy little puppy just comes like around the corner and andrea has to go pick him up and be like but we can't get rid of the animals right but it's like my question was like so they have to give them back where they got them which what does that mean because if they can't technically put them up for adoption and they can't be part of the study where do we think they all came from like a shelter i yeah i have no idea i wrote in parentheses like take them to the pound mm -hmm. i guess because you know they like you said they they can't do anything about adoption so i got a little worried that like they just take them to the county and like right that's not great right i was thinking the same thing but yeah that little puppy uh, was freaking cute man he was so adorable. I'm actually a little annoyed they named him Rocky, too, just I because I was like, he deserves his own name. Look at him. <laughs> but so I also I also kind of hope he stays around forever just as Rocky, too. Mm-hmm. He just, like, Comet, just there. Oh, my gosh, like, Comet. Forever. He's the same breed as Comet, too. He looked like a golden. That's what made me think of it. I was like, is he just here now? Like, is this just... <laughs> Do we just get a puppy on the show? Because I'm for it. I know, right? Like, that's really all we see with Andrea because then we find out that Jim posted Brenda's bail and the lab that she broke into was doing government research. Yeah. So, like, it's actually really bad what mm -hmm. she did. And then you see, like, Jonathan getting all up in her face being like, you told the cops. You're the one that showed up at the very end. And, like. This man got too into his role. This man was method acting. I'm telling you. I don't remember who I said was method acting last time. Because I feel like I made a, I, you I did. Made a joke. But who was I talking about it? I don't know. Oh, 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 it was, it was Rocky. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he barked when they, when Tori Spelling said Rocky. <laughs> His name is Pound Cake. No, they're not similar at all. <laughs> he is such a good little boy. I know. Hopefully, this one's got a, a big, big, big pause to fill. But yeah, so like you said, you know, Jonathan's all up in her grill, just trying to like get her to confess or say she did something bad or like whatever. And instead, what happens then is Brenda does plead not guilty, and she can. She can go back home until her court date, but the bail is the same amount. Um, at 50000 they tried to get a, a reduction in that, but they didn't. Um, and so she has court in three weeks. Mm -hmm. I feel like in this episode, by the way, I feel like at least one of the writers did some legal research and was just throwing stuff in because I feel like at some point they call her a flight risk. Mm -hmm. Like uh later jesse is like we can't talk to her because we might be accessories after the fact which i'm also pretty sure is not true but okay 
I think it's more like so you can plead the fifth if you were subpoenaed or something. And like, I I don't I don't know because like, I guess tech because the argument I guess that Jesse was making was that like, the more we know, the more we have to give up if we were to be pulled in for like a testimony. So if we mm-hmm. don't know anything, there's no point for them to call us in. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, but I mean, that's the thing. They could still call them in regardless of whether they know anything. I guess it's just yeah, whether or not you're willing to lie on the stand or not. But I mean, the way Jesse, like, we'll get there when we get there because I'm not ready for that yet. Because while Brenda is at her trial, David and Donna are at the beach apartment and they start talking about Rocky, which kind of leads them to talking about Brenda. And Donna says, like, I can't stop thinking about, like, what if I had gone with Brenda last night? And David basically says, you wouldn't have done that because Brenda doesn't have good judgment and you do. Mm-hmm. Like, man, no one likes Brenda. Yeah, like, tell us how you really feel, David. Right? Like, <laughs> you're one to talk about judgment. Like, my God. I'm telling – David had like three weeks of therapy and he's a changed man because <laughs> he would not have been this nice to Donna before. He did a drop ad and, and decided to take Kelly's Psych 101 class. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like literally we were watching 22 Jump Street earlier when they go to college and Janko is just like, this human sexuality class is changing my life. <laughs> Like, this is what I'm imagining. David is just like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Did you know I used to be sexist? The mitochondria yes. is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> then we get the fun scene of being back at the Walsh house where Jim is just rattling off all of Brenda's, what did he call them? Her, like, lame, the yes, things that she did that lame. Were, yeah, like, her, the things that she's done that's lame. Okay, Mr. Keyboard Jim. Um, I know, right? I was like, lame, <laughs> sir. But he lectures her on, like, going to college, he says, for four days in Minnesota about getting stuck in Mexico without her passport. Uh, and then, of course, the elopement, which we all remember fondly. And and then Brenda, again, just being stone cold, she's like, dude, yeah, okay. But, like, I was fighting for what I believed in. And I feel like in this moment, Cindy was somewhat empathetic. And Jim was just not, which who is surprised about that with Brenda? Yeah. I mean, even later after Brenda leaves the scene, Cindy says, like, I think a night in jail was punishment enough. Mm -hmm. Like, she feels really bad about this. But I do think it was interesting, you know, because Jim lists all of these arguably fairly stupid things that Brenda did. Like, Mm -hmm. running off to Mexico would have been fine if she just had her passport. Right. Going to Minnesota would have probably been still annoying but like fine for Jim if she lasted a semester kind of like mm-hmm. you know stuff like that but then she like Brenda goes back at him and is like I'm sorry you guys have done you know political protest kind of things too like you know she said Brandon led the walkout on the school board which not his idea never <laughs> his idea something I will mention every time and then the fact that Jim and Cindy have protested wars in the past which Jim then says is different because they were doing nonviolent protest. I was like, I don't know. I just feel like you can you can get the political ideology from the writers mm-hmm. in what is happening. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, it was it was definitely like a classic Jim and Brenda moment. Um, but I feel like for once, and maybe I have been not like that's not a word. Maybe I haven't been giving Cindy enough credit when it comes to Brenda because I do feel like most of the time she just kind of like sits back and lets Jim do the lecturing or Jim do the punishment, which doesn't usually exist. But I feel like in this this scenario, she was actually more like on Brenda's side, but didn't have like an argument. You know what I mean? Like she didn't have enough to like argue against Jim, but so that's why she was like more empathetic to Brenda because she's like I kind of I just kind of think she kind of agreed with her didn't want her to get arrested but wasn't mad at the intent I think yeah I mean it it definitely sounds like Jim is upset that what she did was like violent and Mm -hmm. dangerous which I mean eh unviolent like fine whatever but it sounds like the two of them are honestly just scared right and like jim is expressing his fear of brenda having to actually go to jail and be in jail uh by yelling at her and then cindy is just like well we just need to be empathetic we need to take care of her like yeah yeah because i mean the same thing kind of even happens with brandon like she goes upstairs to take a bath and he makes some weird joke. I don't remember what it was. But when she says it's not funny, he pretty much is just like, you're right. It's not. You must have really believed in what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And like was a good brother. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like everyone's like more mad about getting arrested part, not the fact that like they might agree with her cause. Like, even if they're not as passionate as she is, they may even agree with this. Um, Yeah, so it was more just the arresting that was so bad. Yeah, because, I mean, in the last episode, he was making fun of her for wearing leather boots, and this time he's like, oh, you really believed in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, like, took it seriously finally. Yeah, so I agree. I think, like, I think everybody – agrees with what Brenda's doing and like wants the ethical treatment of animals but they keep saying like you shouldn't have done it the way you did it right exactly and it was at that point that then Brenda realizes like oh crap I need to like talk to Andrea about this whole situation and so that's like then I think a lot happened not a lot a lot but we get a little bit of a break from Brenda's storyline for a couple of scenes and then The next thing we see with them is when Brenda and Donna show up at Andrea's and start talking about it. And then that's when Jesse comes in. Because basically, like, Andrea tries to, like, say, oh, I know you weren't involved. I know this wasn't you. And Brenda's like, um, no, I actually was involved. Um, yeah, I I got arrested last night or whatever she said. Yeah. And then Andrea's like reasonably furious. She's like, you ruined all of my research. Like, we tried to talk about this. Blah, blah, blah. And then like Mary said, you know, Jesse comes in and just starts railing about criminal procedure and accessories after the fact and like not the idea of like you're upsetting my pregnant wife mm-hmm. who has already been through a lot today and you need to leave. Right. Um, and <laughs> now that we're talking about this, I find it very interesting that Jim and Cindy just let Brenda leave. 
I was kind of thinking the same thing. I mean, it goes along the same lines that we've always talked about, like where Jim and Cindy never know what to do with their children and never know how, like what grounding is or anything like that. But yeah, she just like carries on like nothing happened. Like she wasn't just sitting in jail like 12 hours ago. Yeah, she calls Donna to give her a ride. And like, it's a good reason because she wants to go to Andre and explain what happened. But I just find it interesting that Jim and Cindy are, yeah, not like, you just got out of spending the night in jail. Like, maybe stay home today. Yeah. Yeah. Take a break. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, that's like, I think exactly uh, what happens while she's gone. She comes back later and they're like, where have you been? The FBI wants to talk to you. Yep. Exactly. It's, and I'm, it must have happened. It happens a while later because, like, you yeah. get the whole, like, Jim is talking to Brenda's lawyer and then gets off the phone and has a whole scene with Brandon. That's right. Then, that's why I got confused. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's the whole thing. Like, I'm, I'm skipping that so we can talk about Brandon as a whole later. Right. Yeah, and so the FBI wants to talk to Brenda, so they have to go to the FBI, um, and Jim's all frustrated because they've been waiting, like, 20 minutes. Like, Jim, you wait how long you're going to wait. It's a freaking FBI, man. I know, right? (laughs) And so the lawyer's all like, let me do the talking, but you need to be honest. And at that point, Brenda's like, yeah, I'm not going to apologize for standing up for what I believe is right. And again, like, this has been consistent the whole time, and we've said this the whole episode. It's like, she's really sticking to her guns. She really believes in this, and she's not going to back down, which says a lot about Brenda's character and the fact that, like we said last episode, she really just, like, goes all in on whatever she's passionate about. And I kind of admire that about her, um, just because the dedication and the passion just completely line up. Yeah, I just – it gets really interesting in this scene, right, because – she literally says, like, I won't apologize for believing in this. And then uh, Backstreet Boy comes in and is like, I'm not after you. I know exactly what happened. I was literally there. And then he says, he'll, like, the FBI will drop the charges against Brenda if she's willing to cooperate. And then he says that. And then her lawyer is just like, well, she needs immunity. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, they're dropping the charges. Like, that's basically what it is (laughs) and I might be missing something I don't know legal stuff but this is where it makes me think that like somebody googled legal stuff and is like immunity we need to make sure they ask for immunity so Mm -hmm. this never has to come back up right but they say all she needs to do is like sign an affidavit saying exactly what happened it goes in as sealed evidence nobody has to find out what you know, that she said something and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm done. And that was like the little crack or the chink in the armor, you know, like it just. You could tell at the end of the day, she wanted to look out for number one, you know, she wanted to look out for herself and not be in jail, which I don't blame her, but, mm-hmm. you know, she's going to have to rat out the people that she was just involved with. So. Yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting because she doesn't have to apologize for wanting to save animals. Like, she still gets to stick to her guns, but she also gets to walk away scot-free. Right, exactly. And, yeah, I mean, presumably, like, she does all of that. Um, We had a whole scene of Andrea bringing the puppy to Donna and then being like, I love that she's like, 
I checked and the lab did not do anything to him. Like, we're still acknowledging that this lab is doing things to animals. And like, if they hadn't done anything to him yet, how long had he been there? What was he doing? <laughs> yeah. What was his purpose? Was he going to be like Rocky One? Mm-hmm. Um, but then they say they're going to, they've already named him Rocky Two, which also, I feel like it's not fair to Donna. Maybe Donna wanted to name the puppy. Yeah. But she takes the puppy to the peach pit. Like, everybody goes to the peach pit to put the puppy on top of a table and feed it water out of the tiny little bowl. And he's such a good little boy. It was funny, though, because they were like, oh, he's got quite the appetite. It's like, it's water. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he didn't even want it at first. They had to, like, point his head at the water. Mm-hmm. I thought it was milk. <laughs> Which was weird. (laughs) I mean, he is tiny. Like, usually, like, that breed isn't that tiny when you pick him up. So I almost wonder if he was, like, littler. Yeah. No, I thought that, too. I was like, there is no way that he's actually, like, old enough to be away from his, like, mama or something. Mm -hmm. But that is a line I am not willing to go down. (laughs) Um. But yeah, like everyone's at the peach pit. Literally everyone is coming to be at the peach pit. Like Kelly and Dylan are walking in, arguing over Brenda. Oh, we skipped the whole thing where Brenda showed up at Dylan's house last night. Oh. (laughs) When like Kelly and Dylan are making out in front of a roaring fire and then Brenda shows up and the door is like covered in glass and they're right in front of the door and she would have clearly seen them making out, but she just keeps knocking on the door. Yep. Yeah, we did skip that. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the part where, like, she shows up and she wants to thank them for helping her. And apparently Jesse is literally just calling all of their friends being like, you can't talk to Brenda. Don't mm-hmm. talk to her. Like, excuse me, Jesse. You're not in the core group. You don't get to do this. <laughs> Slow your roll, man. Like, earn your spot. <laughs> But yeah, like, he says all this stuff to them, and so, like, Kelly's like, well, we shouldn't be talking to her, trying to clearly get rid of her, because this is when Kelly blows up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm tired of Dylan always running to go help you, and she says, turns to Brenda and says, he's not your boyfriend anymore. And then she goes, obviously, you're not my friend anymore, and then just leaves. Absolute mic drop. Oh, yeah, totally. Brenda's, like, like the queen of mic drops. And then poor Dylan is just, like, standing there. It's like, crap. Not again. It's like, Kelly literally just starts, like, angrily cleaning up and, like, th- moving the throw pillows. And she's like, what? Mm-hmm. And Dylan's just like, lousy timing. Right. Which then we kind of get the continuation of that fighting then at the Peach Pit when they all show up. And... They're just still kind of arguing about that situation. Like, I didn't even write down what they said. But then when they're all inside, like, Brenda actually shows up to tell them all that the charges were dropped. She's going to cooperate with the FBI. And then she, like, kind of gets a little weird and then apologizes for putting – for saying that she put them in uncomfortable positions and that she says she felt, like, really, really alone. And I guess, like – get that because jesse basically told everyone not to talk to her but she was still talking to donna 
Brandon was still talking to her. So, I mean, I guess she felt alone because of what Kelly said. I Like, I just didn't really understand where she was coming from. Yeah, I think it was definitely supposed to be more of a pointed comment to Kelly since, like, right after that, Donna's like, oh, I'll go talk to her. And Kelly, Kelly sighs. And it's just like, I will. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those times where I kind of wish there had been more than one episode about mm-hmm. this. Like, you know, maybe take two or three before she finally finds out that the FBI wants to cooperate with her. Like when they said her trial was in three weeks, I was like, oh, we'll get three weeks of this story. Right. Because I think if there had been multiple episodes of multiple people not talking to her, mm-hmm. this would have landed more to me. Yeah, that's fair. Because, yeah, like, Kelly's mad at her, Jesse's telling everyone not to talk to her, and Andrea's mad at her. But, I mean, really, other than that, like, Steve doesn't count because he was at a golf tournament today. And David doesn't really count because they don't really have a relationship anyway. And then, yeah, like you said, Brandon was still talking to her, Donna was still talking to her. Yeah, it just... It just... It was... It was weird. Yeah. And it was just like unimpactful. Yeah. And then, I don't know, the the whole ending, I guess, feels kind of unpack, unimpactful because like Kelly goes outside and says that thing of like, something tells me I won't be with him forever. I can't help but think that you'll always be the one he'll remember as the great love of his life. Which, by the way, you're all 18. Please get <laughs> over yourselves. It made me think about... Um, I just finished rewatching the Gilmore Girls revival again, and like the moment when she finally see when Rory finally sees Dean again, and like Dean's updating her about uh his life and about his little sister Clara, and Rory's like, "Oh, how is she?" And then he's like, "Oh, she's dating this guy who likes to climb things for a living." And at first, I thought they were gonna like talk shit about rock climbers but no it was more like parkour (laughs) so that was funnier but then Rory makes a comment she's like oh it's it's her first love you know she'll get it and then she has to like stop herself because Dean was her first love so awkward but yeah it's like this whole thing it's like yeah it's the first love I mean you'll always remember it because it was your first but that doesn't mean it's gonna end up being the best or the greatest or whatever right like we kind of have to assume that at some point dylan gets married and that should be the great love of his life like right. could you imagine if you were talking to your husband one day and you're like ah oh, yes the greatest love of my life from high school <laughs> just like yeah. excuse me what yeah yeah the greatest love of my life not you <laughs> This other day, man, she really got away. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know. They're like, oh, well, I'm jealous of you. Oh, well, I'm jealous of you. Oh, well, I guess we're friends again. Mm -hmm. And then Andrea comes out and is like, I ordered you a veggie burger because you're still vegetarian, right? And they kind of play it off like a joke Mm -hmm. and go back inside. And I was like, so – is she? Is she not? <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. 
Oh my gosh, nothing would make me angrier than her being like, I'm not going to apologize for fighting for animals and then signing this affidavit and ordering a burger. <laughs> I and would having, die. And having a glass of milk or something. <laughs> Just like only animal products. What's the opposite of a vegetarian? I'm that. <laughs> I need eggs and bacon right now. <laughs> I only drink milk. I don't eat bread. <laughs> she does a what was that sandwich that KFC did where it was two pieces of chicken instead of bread the oh. double down yeah. <laughs> that's what Brenda eats now that and Baconators only <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I can feel my arteries closing <laughs> Ugh. and I, I mean that's that's it, right? Yeah, that's that's the main storyline of the week, and that was all that happens with Brenda. All right, Mary. Tell us about Brandon. Jim's disappointment is endless. Brandon is forced to come clean about Lulu when Richland threatens to blackmail him, and all he wants is Brandon to back his campaign for student body president next year. <laughs> Brandon says, no, thank you. I will not be blackmailed. Jim... My pride in you is conditional Walsh cannot cope the, with the fact that his boy will neither meet slash one day become the president. But it turns out Brandon never needed to tell Jim because Richland didn't run the story. After their talk, he bought into the Brandon delusion and published a really nice article about him instead. He and Brandon bond over both being little snakes and Brandon says, maybe I'll back your campaign after all. Politics, I guess. Oh, also, Brandon confronts Lulu while he's still freaking out over the article Richland threatened to publish, and I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say about that. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm furious that the article didn't come out. I know. Like, can you imagine, like, if this were, if this show had been running right now, we would have gotten, like, there would have been an online version of this article that people could go to, like, thecondor.com or whatever and read like kind of how how i met your mother used to do the urls for like um the slap countdown for slap bet <laughs> no like i feel like it would totally be if this were now and the story's still written the way it did where josh doesn't post it like i and this might happen later in the show but like the article still exists mm -hmm. somewhere he says he put it to bed so like he turned it in right I want someone to release it like behind his back and then Brandon confront him and him be like man I didn't do it also like they don't really have the chemistry but I feel like if this was also today Brandon and Josh would totally hook up <laughs> you mean if, like if this was Riverdale <laughs> yeah very true well because when Josh shows up at the Walsh house, which fascinating that people just like know each other's addresses. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you could I look guess, it up in the phone book. I guess so. I just feel like it. It just feels so weird to me. Like, I don't look up people's addresses. I wouldn't. I know, just, like, but isn't it crazy house. though that like we used to get every single year this giant book <laughs> that had everybody who lived in your area. Their phone number and address. You just had to know their name. And most of the time, you had to know, like, their full name 
because there'd be like Gregory Smith, Greg Smith, Greg A. Smith, Gregory B. Smith, and like all of that. But you could have access to that so easily. I can't, it blows my mind. No, it's totally true. I love that you picked Greg Smith as the name. I don't know. First thing that came to my head. Because <laughs> <laughs> at first I was like, well, I guess Walsh isn't like that common of a name. But you probably would still have to go through a few. And you'd have to know his dad's name. Well, and if Jim put his name like registered as James Walsh or Jim. <laughs> Can you imagine how many places Josh had to go to <laughs> first? And he's like sitting in there talking to whatever Mrs. Walsh is for like James A. Walsh. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, so uh, can I talk to Brandon? She's like, who's Brandon? <laughs> Damn it. I've done this three times. <laughs> and he just has a red penny, like crosses that one off. <laughs> he carries the book with him inside. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, like he's shown up here and he's like, no, 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 I'm wrapping up the piece. I just have a couple more questions. And then he just comes straight out and is like, how long have you and Linda been having an affair? You said Linda they, again. I can't. It's, she's Linda. Lulu, Linda. That's the problem. Mary's used all the Lou's. I only mm -hmm. have Linda left. But like they have this back and forth where, again, it sounds like somebody looked up some jargon and wanted to throw it in because Josh says, I call it tenacity. And then Brandon says, I call it libel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which but like I always got confused on the difference between slander and libel. And I think I was taught that slander is spoken word and libel is in print. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Because I just remember like slander spoken. And that was my <laughs> little mnemonic device. I was hoping you had one for libel. No, libel library. I don't know. Eh, that works. Uh, but like Josh knows everything. He knows about Kelly Taylor pretending to be his girlfriend for all of the task force meetings. He knows about the affair with Lucinda. And then Josh does literally blackmail Brandon, which kind of makes me think he knows about Brandon blackmailing the professor by saying, like, if you back me for student body president next year, I'll drop the story. Mm -hmm. And Brandon won't do it. And they're still being, like, real aggro to each other. And then Cindy walks in and is like, Josh, can I get you a cup of coffee? Oh, my God. Like, bless that woman's heart. Like, can I be around her always? Because I, I, I would be so fat, but I would be so nourished. Like, <laughs> well, and it's, it's not even, like, physical nourishment. It is, like, emotional nourishment, too. Like, they are, like, the two guys are at each other's throats. And she's just <laughs> so positive. She's just, like... A warm beverage will solve this problem. Right. God, I love Cindy. I love her so much. So the good news is, is we get the next scene between with Brandon. It's like he's fuming and he goes to the gym uh, because he just knows Lucinda's going to be there at that specific time on that day. And... Lucinda is there, thankfully, and he just, like, straight up confronts her and is so mean. Well, he's not necessarily mean. He's just, I mean, he's mean, but, like, 
he's also you can tell he's also hurt still by her and stuff so i'm not trying to say he shouldn't have been mean but i'm also not trying to say he should have been that mean but he was mean i mean the thing is like they did have a bad breakup Mm -hmm. right but he doesn't actually have any proof that she did this no and he's like he's very attacking and like really like sexist and like they they love to make comments about her like sleeping her way to the top or sleeping with someone for money or that kind of thing because we find out that Lucinda got her grant and Brandon's basically like oh so you got your grant you're leaving school you're just gonna burn everything down and (laughs) for some reason Lucinda is cool as a cucumber and it's just like imagine if we started over right now (laughs) I spot you you spot me we go get a cup of coffee see where things lead say what you will about Lucinda but she is true to herself a hundred percent of the time she is confident a hundred percent of the time and she is a great villain She's a great villain. Like, that's the thing. I feel like, you know, we came up with all these ideas for what she was actually doing. But in truth, like, she did exactly what she meant to do. She was showing her colors this whole time. It's not like she was being some secretive self. She was just like, no, we were just sleeping together. Like, I've been coming on to you since I was married. Why would you expect anything different? She has that vibe, like, all the time. Where it feels like she's lying or at least manipulating you. But in reality, she's telling you the truth. It's just so direct and blunt that you just, like, can't believe it. Yeah. Like, I don't remember how long ago, but we were like, she has hidden cameras in the gargoyles (laughs) in her house. We were convinced. And this woman is just like, no, I just want to have sex. Yeah, that's it. And I don't really care who it's with as long as they're hot. (laughs) Yeah, like... She wants to enjoy herself, right. and that's about where she's at. Because even at the end of the scene, she says, how about one last kiss goodbye? <laughs> In that Lucinda voice, like, just like, what do you think? You like, it, you know, like the whole, like, you know, like, come on, you know you want to. And he's just like, you, like, I don't even remember what he says after, because I just got so enthralled with that. <laughs> uh, he says, who'd you sleep with to get your grant? Oh, that's right. Because he says that, and then she, like, takes the insult and she's just like, have a nice life, Brandon. Mm-hmm. That was actually Which really like, good banter right there. It was have a nice life is probably, like, the best exit line she could have had. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. Except if she would have called him short or something. <laughs> have a nice life, tiny yeah. Oh my gosh, she like pats him on the head. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, patting on the head would have been a better send off. Oh man. Uh and so I guess like for reals for reals, Brandon and Lucinda are finally done. Yep, they're officially done though. So of course, the next thing we see is Brandon and Jim together in the kitchen and Jim gets off the phone with Brenda's lawyer and talks about how Brenda and Brandon are so different and that he's so proud of what Brandon has accomplished, all this stuff. And Brandon's just like, 
well, we're not that different. Also, like, the fact that Jim says, like, he doesn't know how he raised two kids more different or, like, that are so different or something like that. And then he only says he's proud of Brandon because he's bright and talented. So I'm like, as opposed to Brenda, who's dumb and simple, like, what are you trying to get at here, Jim? That's a good point. Like, we have never seen Jim be like, Brenda, I'm proud of you. You did something good. Or just, I don't think we ever have. Yeah, or just straight up compliment her. Like, he's always at <laughs> odds with her. And, and, and like, anytime he would have an opportunity to compliment Brenda, he doesn't and then compliments Brandon. <laughs> My God. I would love if, like, we actually got scenes where Brenda came in and was like, I got an A on my paper. And Jim's just like, Brandon, good job editing her paper for her. Yeah, right. Like, you tutored her so well. <laughs> I mean, I have no reason to believe that's not what happened when she was younger. Yep. I feel like she's so dramatic because nobody paid her any attention. She's like, like, she's had to be like this the whole her whole life probably is kind of like what animals do when they want attention and they're young. They just start nipping at you or they start barking at you or they start, you know, like, or toddlers, they start making really loud noises and stuff to get your attention. And they don't really care what attention it is as long as it's attention. And so poor Brenda has had to unpack all this trauma and can't ever really move past it. And so she just has to be the loudest and flashiest and most dramatic of the Walsh twins to even get noticed. You... Mentioning animals just makes me think of my cat, MJ, because for some reason, late in life, he has picked up the knocking things off the counter, (laughs) (laughs) and there will be times where, like, I'll have some water in the morning before I go for a run, and I'll put, like, an almost empty glass on the counter, and he'll knock it over and then sit in the puddle of water when I get home (laughs) and just look at me. I love him so much. He's I love such him a character. So much. I I can totally understand how that would be so frustrating, but like I love him so much. <laughs> what got, a little goof. <laughs> yeah, he's got such the personality. Oh. What he a really guy. Does. What a and guy. He does it all the time. I don't know where he picked up this habit, but <laughs> late in life. He's just like, he'll knock things over and then stare at you. Be like, I'll do it again, too. You don't think I will? I'll do it. And that's Brenda. Yep. Yep. Brenda's a cat. (laughs) She is a cat. But at least in this scene, we finally get like, you know, Brandon's not perfect. And it's time for Jim to realize it because Brandon starts to tell him about Josh and like the fact that he's trying to write like this article about all the stuff about Brandon and it's so funny to hear Jim try to be like oh well you're just like sleeping with somebody who's your age or like just a couple years older it's like Jim take off the rose colored glasses please I'm begging you I know like Brandon is really trying to like ease this news in and Jim just refuses he's like you're 19 why wouldn't you be having sex right Like, ew, Jim. Yeah. And also, (laughs) like, the same double standard. Mm -hmm. But 
I don't remember exactly what he says at the end because at the beginning, Jim is like, whatever you say can't shock me after what's happening with Brenda. And then Brandon finally says, like, I've been having an affair with this woman who was married when I met her. She's on the faculty, blah, blah, blah. And Jim is just like, well, I am shocked. Mm-hmm. And then leaves. Yep. And maybe he's actually finally disappointed in Brandon. But it won't last. We know that. No, oh, it definitely won't last because uh, I think – we don't see Brandon again really until the next day when the article – an article comes out. It's not mm-hmm. the like smear campaign that Josh has said he found. It's actually a really nice piece about Brandon because apparently <laughs> – Josh says, if you had the integrity to stand up to me, you must be a pretty honest guy. And so he totally buys into White Knight Brandon, like Boy Scout Brandon, Good Boy Brandon, whatever you want to call him, and just writes this glowing article about how amazing Brandon Walsh is. When Josh said, if you have the integrity to stand up to me, must be a pretty honest guy, I wanted to be like, that word you're using, I don't (laughs) think it means what you think it means. (laughs) Because integrity does imply honesty, but Brandon was literally never honest with Josh the entire he just darted past questions and avoided them and deflected. All of it was true and he never admitted it. That's not the same thing as honesty. That's lies of omission. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And apparently Josh takes able to keep your mouth shut as being an honest and guy with integrity yeah and like they're being so nice to each other and brandon says something of like oh i just might back you now and like they're totally running for student body together right like (laughs) brandon's gonna be the vp i hope so he doesn't deserve to be president but he'll somehow like get the job like josh will get assassinated or something like (laughs) (laughs) Josh will die. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like something that should never happen in a teen drama is going to happen. So Brandon can be president and then go meet the president still. Oh my gosh. Okay. What's going to happen is, you know, at some point, I don't remember exactly what it is. It might even be in this scene where Josh is like, oh, I have some skeletons in my closet too. It's going to be something that gets him in so much trouble, he has to drop off the ticket and Brandon becomes president. And like somehow Brandon was so oblivious, he never actually knew what the skeletons were. So that's the only reason why he's like not more involved and also kicked off because he just like was so dumb and naive that he didn't even realize like Josh probably told him outright what the skeletons were. And Brandon was like, okay. And then just like didn't absorb it or something. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, Josh is going to know about this whole affair that Brandon had. It's never going to come to light. Like, Brandon is going to fall into being student body president, much like he has fallen into everything else that has been given to him without doing anything for it. And that's what's going to happen next season. 100%. Oh, I was going to say something earlier, and I just remembered. Um, Hold on. Yes, now I remember. So I don't actually remember if this happens or not in the show. So I'm just going to throw out a prediction like you normally would and say that 
the article, the real article, will eventually come out, and the person who's going to release it, bum bum bum, is none other than the Chancellor's daughter, Claire Arnold. Oh my gosh. I would love it. That's my prediction. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. I love it. Like, <laughs> they would not have named Claire and made such a, you know, big deal about her showing up in the first place to not make her a character. But imagine if she was like Dan Humphrey gossip girl kind mm-hmm. of a thing and was just like the puppeteer working the strings in the background and like she is just terrorizing Brandon for so long and then finally comes out at the end of like a 10 episode arc and it's just like it was me all along. Right. Like she's like maybe she develops a burn book and he is part of it. And she gets really close to, like, Kelly and Brenda and all of them to start getting the dirt and then finally learns, oh, there was this article. And, oh, yeah, he was with Kelly, but, like, weirdly with Kelly at the task force things. So, yeah, I'm going to release that bad boy. What I'm hearing is this show needs an A from Pretty Little Liars. Yes. There you go. That's exactly it. Like, man. And the thing is. Like, I bet if this stuff doesn't happen exactly like we're saying on this show, that enough of it does happen to inspire all of these other shows. Like, I bet we're going to be watching this later and be like, oh, that's where they got this from Gossip Girl or that's where they got this from Pretty Little Liars. Yep, for sure. I can't wait. (laughs) That that article has to come out. I need to see it. We're going to manifest it. It already happened, but we're manifesting (laughs) it. I'm going to go back in time and make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. Is that it for Brandon? Do we have any other comments? All right, Mary. Wrap it up. Yeah. Well, for all that talk that Jim did about consequences, there sure weren't any. For real. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying I do know that Steve's dad's name is Rush Sanders. <laughs> Since Brendan and Jim aren't there for golf weekend, Steve and Steve's dad have to play with a baseball player, Barry Larson, and his dad instead. Apparently, Steve's dad has never won golf against them, and they talk a lot of shit. Steve's dad will win this game. Even though Steve was really good at golf last episode, he kind of sucks at golf in this episode. But it's not really his fault because his dad won't stop hovering and also won't stop being a dick. Also, he's been cheating this whole time, so that's nice. Steve confronts his dad and his dad's like, you of all people lecturing me about cheating. He's not wrong, but he is, as I said before, a dick. One stroke ahead at the end of the game, Steve blows a putt to either throw the game or go into sudden death. Steve's dad agrees to stop cheating, and they win because Steve is good at stuff when people aren't putting unnecessary pressure on him. Anyway, he does good and makes his dad proud and beats a baseball player at golf. The end. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Can I just say that whoever cast Mr. Sanders, like, beautiful. He looks just like Steve. Which is weird because Steve's adopted. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Who okay, forgot? Who forgot Steve's adopted? They did a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my 
my God. I literally wrote so much about how it was so great. He looks just like Steve. They're perfect. Hey, man. You know how, like, people buy – I don't know why I'm all of a sudden talking about dogs all the time, but, like, you know how sometimes, like, when you get a dog, the dog ends up kind of looking like and resembling the owner? That's just what happened with Steve. <laughs> oh, they adopted him, and he's just now – a little mini me. He's a little rushy. What if Steve does that curly stuff to his hair on purpose to look like his dad? He gets perms on the oh. reg. And he said he had, like, the nose cost a fortune. True. So, could be. <laughs> this, sorry, this whole, like, Steve storyline is legitimately wild. Yeah. Because, like, nothing makes any sense. Like, they show up at the Walsh's house. Jim makes this comment about how he hasn't played golf since Minnesota, and Brandon has to correct him that it's been four years, which I thought was cute. And then, like, they go outside, and Rush wants to drive, but, like, he just wants to show off his Bentley. And then he apparently says that Brandon can drive the Bentley, (laughs) and we find out that Steve has gotten three speeding tickets in 18 months, and that's why he's not allowed to drive the Bentley. I just thought it was funny, like, regardless of Steve's driving history, he'd rather a child stranger drive his Bentley than his own son. <laughs> he talks so much shit to Steve this entire episode. It's like, mm-hmm. I feel like Steve was, like, abused as a child and I mean, still as an adult. Yeah, because, like, if he if he was getting sort of neglected because his mother was on the Hartley house so she was just literally never there and then emotionally abused by his dad like poor Steve having a bad childhood well and then his dad's also not there because his dad has a new family and there's also Chucky on the Hartley house like this poor boy I know and and then there's just something about Brandon (laughs) everyone just wants to give him the keys to a Bentley God. But, but they luckily, thank God it doesn't happen because thankfully Brenda happened. <laughs> and so, yeah, Rush and Steve go to the the club and Rush is like so furious that they're not going to have a foursome. And some guy comes in and announces like, hey, we had more people drop out because of a stomach flu. So you're going to play with Barry Bonds. I mean, Barry Larson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and apparently the younger Larson is very good at golf, which I also was thinking, like, is this kind of also a spoof on um, Michael Jordan? Because he was obsessed with golf, even though, you know, he's this, like, NBA superstar. So I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. This was about the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was, like – I was like, this reminds me of Space Jam. Exactly. <laughs> because that had baseball and golf in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely been making me think of Michael Jordan because of that new Gatorade commercial that's come mm-hmm. out with Abby Wambach and um, the runner. Oh, my God. What is Usain his name? Bolt? Thank you, Usain Bolt. And then they have the shot with Mia Hamm and Michael Jordan. Yep. And let's not forget The Last Dance was absolutely incredible. So. Oh, so good. 
But yeah, they find out that they have to play with these guys. Like Steve, ha- Steve's dad has never beaten them. They're so much better than him. Like they know it too. And it gets to the point that, you know, we kind of come back to this story. They're already playing together. And Rush is literally just like standing behind Steve being like, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And so and, Steve messes up. Yeah, like naturally he shanks it and hits it in the wrong place. And then Rush just has like an amazing drive. And um, Mr. Larson was like, oh, what's that secret weapon you got or whatever? And all of a sudden I was like, does Rush do roids? Is this a roids episode? <laughs> so I thought that too because, you know, he talks later about exactly how he's cheating. But it happens – so much after this episode came out, but Barry Bonds was involved in a steroid scandal. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, how did they know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm also that also makes me think um, when like Sammy Sosa did the cork bat mm-hmm. and like Mark McGuire was doing roids and um, there was like, so, I forget who it was, but somebody was doing point shaving and basketball and like. So, yeah, I think the 90s, like, started having all these crazy scandals that weren't necessarily just, like, performance-enhancing drugs, but it was also, like, tweaking um, the actual equipment that you used in the sport, which, crazy. Yeah, because, like, yeah, you know, speaking of having the cork bats, like, we find out in a later scene that something has happened to Rush's ball and Steve's like, oh, you can use this one. And he's like, no, 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 I have to go get the one out of my bag. And apparently he like, I don't know, sent away for something mm-hmm. to rig his golf balls. Like I have no idea what exactly was supposed to have been happening. But it was like the internet didn't exist like it does today. How did you find this thing? Yeah, because he literally said like, a contraption to juice the balls. That sounds which, fake. <laughs> and also pornographic. <laughs> it sounds so dirty. <laughs> so maybe he tried for one thing and accidentally got the thing to make the golf balls go further. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh, this will help me beat the Larsons. <laughs> I can just, like, imagine a sketchy guy in a trench coat hanging outside of country clubs. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to buy a ball washer? (laughs) Oh, my God. It's that guy that sold Dylan his guns. He's just, like, now standing outside of (laughs) golf clubs. Yeah. That's, like, his other van. (laughs) He's like, it was getting too hot down at the convenience store, so I'm over here at the country club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally normal looking van outside this country club. God. I'm supposed to be here. And, like, b- besides not even knowing what actually was being used to enhance these golf balls, Steve is like, what the hell are you doing, Dad? And uh, I just hate that Rush is like, I'm sorry, you're on a high horse here? Like, what's going on? Because, like, yeah, we know Steve's cheated multiple times, but still mean. Well, and like, that's the thing. This whole, I kind of want to just like rush through this storyline. <laughs> all it is, <laughs> all it is, is 
Mr. Sanders being really mean to Steve. Like, mm-hmm. I think the next time we see him, he's like, do you want to be a loser? You've always been a loser. He calls him a horse's ass. Like, he's so mean to him. I do like that Steve, which I don't I don't like it because I, I'm sure it took a long time to get to this point. But I do like that Steve just like, I don't care what you say to me. Like, he's basically like, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever bounces off me sticks to you. But I'm sure it took a lot of unpacking of his childhood trauma to get to that spot. So I still hate it. I'm just glad he's like at least self-assured enough to know like I'm not really like this. My dad's just an asshole. Yeah. And I do appreciate that, you know, it's like this small act of rebellion that he has figured out what his dad's doing. And he's like, well, I'm going to throw the game. If you're going to cheat in one direction, I'll cheat in the other direction and you're still going to lose. Exactly. And, like, then apparently Rush admits to Steve that he feels like he's always had to do whatever it was he could or, like, he had to do because of people, I guess, getting ahead in life. And he had won this tournament, like, four other times, and he just wanted to taste that sweet, sweet victory one last time, even if it was unfair, because... And this is his reason. He's 54 years old. Seriously, like, worst midlife crisis I've ever seen in my life. Also, 54? (laughs) I feel like that's nothing. I know. Also, no, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Andrea is more 54 than you are, sir. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And, like... For some reason, this coming clean makes Steve, like, feel close to his father. And he says something weird and is like, I'll win the tournament for you since you've been a good little boy. Yeah, that was weird. Ugh. Yeah, it was just, ugh. And then they, like, I don't know, I guess they get to the, like, final, like, whole 18 or whatever. And Rush is like, I'm not going to give you any advice. You're a better golfer than I ever was. And then Steve sinks the putt. And they go have a beer together. And I guess They're Rush fine. and Steve, yeah. They've worked through almost two decades of trauma in 18 holes. Yeah. It was a filler. And I'm like, kind of <laughs> like glad we well, yeah, like all Steve content these days. I- I'm kind of glad we met Steve's dad, but eh underwhelming at best yeah that's kind of where I am too is like I've wanted to meet Mr. Sanders this whole time and now we finally got him and was like I guess that wasn't what I want like yeah it wasn't exactly what I was looking for exactly exactly um I think that's it yeah we covered it all I mean overall I feel like it was a good episode I think execution was a little bit off personally like, you know, the Brenda stuff could have been longer. The Steve stuff could have been less traumatic. Brandon could have actually faced consequences. The article could have come out. The article will come out. <laughs> what do you guys think my quote of the week was? Week was because I have two that I like. So I'll give you 10,000 points each if you get one of them right. <laughs> Ooh, there's points on the line? Yeah, it's, you know, um, 
everything's totally made up and the points don't matter, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, I did okay. write down one quote. Okay. All right, you go first. Um, Kelly said it, and she said, I'll be number one in your life or I'm not going to be in your life. That's a good one. I should have written that one down. I didn't, but I should have written that one down. Also, I'm 54 years old. Steve's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Honorable mention. Yeah. So mine isn't going to necessarily be a single quote. It's going to be like a back and forth. Okay. But I think I'm going to go with Kelly and Brenda where Kelly goes, he's not your boyfriend anymore. And then Brenda goes, and obviously you're not my friend anymore. Very close. It was actually in that scene though because – Kelly says to Dylan or to Brenda and Dylan's there wherever it is he runs I was like you know what she's she's freaking right man like out of everybody she's the only one he does that for and I think it was like because obviously you can be jealous of somebody because of their past right like you know if you were in a relationship with somebody but you're still friends with a person or you know the person that they used to date and obviously this is a unique situation but like this tells me that Kelly's more jealous of his attention to her and his like desire to save her because it almost seems like he puts her above Kelly in some scenarios. It's like it'd be really curious where if something happened to both of them, who he would care more about going to save or whatever. And, you know... Remember last episode when we were so mad that she was flattered that he fought somebody for her? Mm-hmm. I think that's like – I hate to call it old-fashioned because I just think it's wrong personally. Yeah. But that does feel like, you know, both of us picked quotes where Kelly is like insanely jealous of Brenda and is like, he's my boyfriend. He's supposed to be doing this stuff for me. Like – yeah, we're yeah. all thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was one of them. And the other one I liked was a little bit less serious. And, of course, it came from our gal Lulu when she said – hold on. I want to say the exact right quote. She's just, like, standing there immaculately glistening from her workout in, like, her sports bra and workout clothes. And she's just like, how about one less kiss for the old time's sake? And I'm just like – Yes, girl. No matter what, she is always working and she is always seducing. And I, she's so good at it. Like, we always talk about how good Brenda is or like Shannon Doherty is as her character because it's just so authentic. And we feel like she's just committed fully to that character. I don't know this actress's name and I feel bad. It's like Diana something or Dinah something. Perhaps. I feel bad for not knowing her name after we've been with her for so long now. But she's so Lucinda. Like, there's sometimes, like, people who are meant to play characters, and I feel like she was meant to be Lucinda, and I love it. I am desperate that she comes back sometime. <laughs> yeah. Dina Meyer. Or Dinah okay. Meyer. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was one of those. Okay. All right. What's next week? All right. Next week... If you can believe it, we are on season four, episode 25, The Time Has Come Today. Directed by Jason Priestley. Is it really? Yes, it is. Yes. Directed by Jason Priestley, written by Charles Rosen. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> I'm we excited for something. <laughs> something. I, just I can't write. wait. As long as we get another um, stacked like heads, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! It. I hope so. I. Ugh. It's gonna be whatever it is. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Oh, really quick. Speaking of Jason Priestley. When he was talking to Richland in the living room, he didn't yell at him and he didn't get mad and he his anger didn't go up to like 15. He was saving it for Lucinda. True. Ooh, very true. <laughs> but yeah, well, you're right. He didn't go full Brandon. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. All right. I feel like this was like actually a pretty good episode for how much I like had issues with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what next week is going to be like like it, it's going to be good yeah definitely until then you can follow us on twitter and instagram at back to podcast send us an email um you know whatever you want i don't have anything fancy to come up with this week but honestly just say hi or or something how you doing let us know at back to podcast at gmail.com that's b a c k t o podcast at gmail.com And don't forget to go into your podcast apps and rate, review, share, subscribe, all that different fun stuff. Um, So, yeah, we'll talk to you all next week. And from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm whoever is going to release this article. Woof! I'm Jim Walsh's disappointment. Bye! Bye!